You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, have you ever read a Bible story and you, you understood the basic message, but you knew there was maybe much more, maybe hidden treasures of the meaning that you just weren't comprehending? Well, today we're talking with Randall Gilmore, who's founder and director of the Gospel Story Art Project, as he talks about an approach to study Bible stories. It's written in his book, Story Deep, How to Find Hidden Treasures of Meaning as You Study Bible Stories. Dr. Randall, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, and thank you for having me. All right, what does a red Schwinn bicycle, a sycamore tree, and Story Deep all have in common? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I, you're referring to my first uh, peak experience or aha moment in the scripture. I'll never forget it. I was just uh, a young boy, and I was riding my bicycle near Crawfordsville, Indiana, to the Yountsville Bridge over the creek. And um, I sat down with my New Testament and opened up to Romans 8, 20, 8, 38, and 39, and it was like those words leaped off the page to me, and um, they really went deep into my heart. And I'll never forget it. It was my first experience with the Word of God coming alive to me like that. Mm. Well, that's such an exciting feeling then to really understand that, that this is a story that was applicable to you. Did that eventually lead you to developing this method of study called Story Deep? And can you tell us more about it? Yeah, actually it did. Uh, From early on as a a boy, my mom would take us to the library every week and we would read and read. And then my first job was actually in a library reshelving books. And uh, because of that, I got to pick out some books that I really liked to read. I just fell in love with with story. But as I grew older, um, I, I knew the Lord was calling me into ministry and I went to Bible college, went to a very good Bible college and was taught a theological system, which I still subscribe to, uh, but we were never really taught how to study the story of the scriptures. And if you think about it, the story of the scriptures, which is Jesus' story, underlies any theological system. And if you're not careful, you can remove that story, and all you have left is the the theological system, which is not all bad, but it, it, if it's challenged, you have to go back to that underlying story and, and realize that that's what is the, there for the, the basis of our faith, the basis of our beliefs. We always talk about having appreciative love for Jesus, and that comes from knowing his story. Appreciative love is a little bit different than having what uh, C.S. Lewis refers to as need love. That's where you love someone or something because it meets your needs. Not all bad when it comes to Jesus because he meets our needs. But we want to appreciate him for who he is. And that's something that rises out of the story of Scripture. So we talk a lot about story. Immediately I think of um, Narnia, Lord of the Rings, uh, Marvel's Cinematic Universe. Those are stories. But you add the word deep to this. So what makes this a little different than your, your normal story? What, what takes it, the word deep into this conversation? Yeah, well, first of all, one of the things I say about the word story is it's like an empty cardboard box, and you can put almost anything into that box, and people do. And so that word is used in a dozen different ways. And sometimes people um, 
just kind of react a little negatively to the word story with respect to Jesus' story. But uh, I would say historically, we've been very comfortable using that word with the larger story of Scripture telling us about Jesus. And so there's even a hymn, Tell Me the Story of Jesus, and that's a very popular hymn from, a, from old. But what I mean by that word, story, is something far more technical. And a story has certain elements. It has a character, and that character has traits that are, are uh, given out to, in, in the story. And there, there's a goal. There's a motive for that goal. There's uh, obstacles that stand in the way of the character reaching that goal. There's risk and danger. And then those things are put into a sequence of events with details. And so all of those things go into the idea of a story. And we find all of that in Scripture. And the reason for the word deep is simply that when you dive into those details and into that structure, you're going to find things that you might not find if you were to approach the Scriptures just for the sake of coming up with an outline. Sometimes I say this is about story hermeneutics coming before homiletics. If you, you approach the Scriptures trying to, to look for an outline, you're going to miss some things that you would otherwise uncover and, and find if you dug down into the details of story structure and the things that make up an actual story. So an example of this, you say, is the the disciples on the road to Emmaus and Jesus, as he was telling them the story of Scripture. Can you expound on how that story helps us understand this concept? Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that is, is really interesting about the story on, of the disciples on the road to Emmaus is that that happened on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And they were really expecting to see Jesus, but they didn't. And, of course, that was a very disconfirming experience. And, uh, by the way, we live in a very disconfirming world. Uh, the things that we believe, the world is not just lining up to try to uh, confirm or affirm our, our beliefs. And that's what happened to these two disciples. And so they were expecting to see Jesus, but they didn't. And they decided to go back to Emmaus. And Emmaus was the site of a very famous battle a couple hundred years before where uh, Judas Maccabee, oh, he, he won a great victory over the, uh, the, the system, so to speak, you know, over the powers that be. And so there's no wonder that they were turning back there to try to re-experience what that victory would be like in their day over the Roman authorities and the authorities that, that were uh, in the Jewish authorities all involved in the crucifixion of Jesus. So they were headed back, and, and Jesus uh, met with them, but it says that their eyes were kept from seeing Jesus. And as he engaged them in, in conversation, he, before he ever revealed himself to them, he told his story. It says that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And when, his, when their eyes were finally opened, one of the things that they, they said, looking back upon Jesus telling his larger story, was that their hearts burned within them. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And uh, I, I just use this as a, 
an example of how the larger story of Jesus, first of all, can create those peak experiences in our hearts, like the one that I had under the Huntsville Bridge over Sugar Creek long ago, but have had many more since. The story of Jesus can create those peak experiences as we dig down into it. And then individually in the Bible stories, those treasures that are there will cause our hearts to burn within us. This is really fascinating because you're asking us to be a part of a story, not just not just read scripture, but actually to be a part of it, I think. And, and that's that's a different look for many of us than than uh, as we we study scripture. So I guess another thing that you talk about is the inductive method. Tell us how this study uh, of the Bible is uh, included in this method. Sure. Well, let me just first, be, before I get to that, mention something about um, being part of the story, because mm-hmm. we often say it's your story, too. You know, you hear a lot about people saying, well, everyone has a story, and we all do have our own story. But we are actually living now inside Jesus' story. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, the exposition of Jesus' story is Genesis 1 and 2. The inciting incident is Genesis 3. Then from Genesis 4 to the end of the Old Testament is what we call rising action. Then you have the climax of Jesus' story in the gospel when Jesus is born, he does his miracles, he is crucified, he rises again, he ascends to the right hand of the Father. And then the church age begins, and that's the age that we're living in. That's called the the age of the falling action. It's not falling in the sense that it's falling down, but it's just moving away from the climax now. We live in the age of the falling action of Jesus' story. We're part of his story. And when he returns, it will be the resolution and the untying when he creates the new heavens and the new earth. So it's really exciting to think about. We're living inside Jesus' story just as much as somebody like David or Isaiah or uh, go back to Noah, wh- whoever it might be in the Old or New Testament. We're part of that story. Can I interject to... before before oh, sure. you get to the next part? Because when you say we're part of Jesus' story, so that sounds like he's the main character then. It's it's more about him as we live our lives. It really He's got to be the first—he's got to have the starring role, in other words. Exactly, because— Again, this comes back to appreciative love for Jesus. Hmm. And one of the things that that we say uh, with the Gospel Story Art Project is that we are are really doing our best to better tell who Jesus is and foster appreciative love for Him. And then that will lead to practicing a Jesus-centered worldview. Hmm. We want Him to be the center of our worldview. And then, of course, that would lead to preparing ourselves and, and others for his return. So he is, um, and we do this by connecting the dots of his story and then communicating those connections. Interesting. Okay, so uh, you were talking about inductive Bible study now. Yes, inductive mm-hmm. method. So the inductive method is, is something that uh, people have heard that term before, and it's something that I definitely believe in. I have a very high... Uh, view of the Word of God. And I, I love the Word of God and love my training in the study of the Word of God. And we were taught the, the inductive method in Bible college. That essentially involves 
five or six steps. Sometimes people break it down to just three, but uh, I think it's best to list all five or six of these steps so that people get an idea. One is you just collect the facts, you collect data. And, and that is, is, for example, reading a story and just making observations. Then you begin to classify that data. That's the second step, putting it, the data in categories or into some type of order. And then there is a third step, deduction. And that's where you form logically valid hypotheses. In other words, you're, you're coming to some, some conclusions that you think are accurate and uh, you're, you're just basing that upon how you've already collected the data and classified it. But then there's this fourth step that's very important, and that's verification, where you begin to check to see whether your hypothesis or hypotheses hold true more generally. In other words, you could come up with a, a conclusion in the deduction side of thing or a hypothesis, but find out as you look elsewhere in the scripture that it's, it's just not true. And you have to go back and modify your, your hypothesis at that point and then repeat that step of verification. And then the final step is application. That's uh, where you just do something pragmatically in reaction to the scripture and how it informs what you think and do. And if there were a sixth step, it would be the assumptions that you have going into this process. Now, all of this process of the inductive method is part of studying Bible stories. So this is not like reading a bedtime story to your children. This is really a very disciplined way of approaching Scripture, but doing it in a way that is, is not just looking for a Roman numeral outline. It's actually trying to uncover or mine the, the story elements, the story structure, and to be able to find the insights that create those aha moments in our hearts out of that. Mining the story elements here, that's what you're helping us do in in Story Deep, how to find hidden treasures of meaning as you study Bible stories. I wish we had more time, Dr. Randall Gilmore has been with us because there's so many Bible stories. I wish we could almost take an example of one, right, and and have a whole lesson. But I'm, I'm glad that you've put that together here in this resource. Yeah, find out more about the resource when you head to our website, ericandbridget.org. Uh, Randall, thank you so much for your for your time today and for helping us uh, better understand this way of studying and looking into Scripture. My pleasure. It's been a pleasure to be with you.